What's up, guys? How's it going? This is Jack Coleman, the podcast director for WZBC Sports, joined by my co-host, Aiden Broderick, who is the Sports Saturday host and director. And we're going to be talking to you about some BC basketball in our college basketball preview today, as well as some other teams along the way. Uh, Normally, if you recognize our voice, we are the co-hosts of Senior Quotes on WZBC Radio, excuse me. And uh, tonight we're switching it up and instead talking about some college basketball on the, as we record, eve of Boston College getting their first game going. Aiden, how are you doing tonight? Dude, I'm doing great. I'm really excited about this upcoming season starting tomorrow at 6 p.m. against Wake Forest. Uh, That'll be here in County Forum. I'm really excited to be there for that one. Um, And in general, just to get into the college basketball year, I mean... There is college basketball going on right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think Duke's playing. Kansas versus Duke right yeah. now. There is you going go. On. I mean, that is so and exciting. And Louisville is up big right now on Miami. Let's go. 56-33. Later in the year, we will actually be covering, I believe we, uh, we will be covering the Louisville game at BC. And Seton Hall is up right now as well as we talk. And Florida is playing. They're up big right now. Duke and Kansas are close. Yeah, there you go. I mean, a ton of games going on, and like you said, we will each be calling two different games this year for uh, basketball, one together and then one separately. Uh, so we'll you'll be able to hear our voices covering those games as well. You can stream it through the uh, radio website, wzbcsports.com, which I'm guessing you're listening from right now. It could be also on Apple Podcasts, and then quick shameless plug for Senior Quotes on Apple Podcasts as well, so check us out our other content there. But yeah, I mean, in terms of men's basketball season, let's get right into it. What are you expecting from this team in this division, this conference where we've struggled and we're not expected to be the best team for sure, but do you think we could have a little underdog season or what? Yeah, I definitely think that this can be an underdog year for sure. Uh, We're looking at guys coming back. I think the main point of focus that we want to keep in mind is Jarius Hamilton has a full year under his belt. I think that he is the most, I don't know, I guess ACC basketball ready player on this team. He has the build for it. It's just a matter of really getting those fundamentals down now that he had that the last year, getting him into the system and really working well on offense and making him become the star of this team that he really should be uh, based upon his ranking when he was recruited. Well, yeah, top 100 recruit coming in last year. Um, six foot eight, two thirty at the forward position, and he showed some promise. But I agree, he didn't really step into that star role yet. And obviously, he was playing with Kai Bowman and Winston Tabs was having a great freshman year. But with those two guys not playing this year, one because he's now with the Warriors, Kai Bowman, and then Winston, out Kai Bowman too, yeah, absolutely going off. Hey, had a really past game. couple nights, he's I believe first night he put up sixteen points. I want to say. And then the following night, I think it was 19. I remember 19. So, game. Yeah. fairly good Yeah, for Kai Bowman in the league. But then, in terms of Winston Tabs, obviously, what's the injury that's keeping him out this year? Is it knee, ankle? Um, I'm, I kind of forget what it was. I felt like it was knee. I mean, regardless, we're not expecting to see him at all this season. He was an awesome, exciting presence on this team last year and really looked like the guy that would fill in for Kai once he left for the league, but he's going to have to sit out this year, and because of that, I expect a lot of the scoring to come through Hamilton this year. Yeah, I mean, Tabs was legit. Winston was looking really good. He looked like he could be that replacement, and now he's out this year. It's pretty disappointing, 
But now you have this guy coming back next year. I think another key point to remember with this BC team is that I'm going to be bringing up next year a lot more. Because, again, I don't really think that this is the year. I've been saying since last year, I don't think that this year that we are currently in is the year. But hopefully we're going to see some big development. We have Nick Popovich, who's a senior now. Obviously, he was getting some pretty good minutes last year. He was looking good. He was rebounding well. I think he just needs that extra edge, that extra step to bring him into that more elite forward center position in the ACC. Yeah. I think he can get there. He's His fundamentals are very sound. He has a very nice hook shot that, you know, a hook shot can't really be covered. And in the ACC, if you can manage that and get that on lock, you're going to be putting up some major points in the post. So hopefully he's going to show out this year. I remember talking with Bob Ryan on Senior Quotes, our other show, and he said that he was excited to see Nick Popovich this year as well as Stefan Mitchell, who he thought was going to have a much better year. Stefan's awesome, but talking about um, Nick Popovich, I mean, he's a senior, like you said, and he really has the body to be a starting premier center in the ACC. 6'11", 250 pounds is what he's measuring in for this season. Remember that he re- he ranked 17th in the ACC in scoring last year with 14.5 points per game. 15th in rebounding with 7.2 rebounds per game. And my favorite stat is that he was third in field goal percentage with 52.6 in the entire conference. This guy knows how to score. It's more about foul trouble for him and becoming a better defender, in my opinion. I think you're right that he has the offensive fundamentals. But as a senior, he has to be a leader on this team. And I really do think that he's going to step up in that center role, lock down the paint, and we'll see if our defense can step up. Obviously, it's tough with so many freak athletes on teams like Duke and UNC driving into the paint. And you're not going to stop them every time, obviously. There's going to be some fouls, going to be some highlight dunks. You know, you have to deal with that. But if Nick can be that presence that can stop some of those drives and keep us in the game, that's going to be huge for this team. And obviously, Stefan Mitchell is most likely going to be playing alongside him, but a guy that we saw a lot of last year at key points was Luka Kraljevic, who was backing up both of those guys, and I'm really looking to see if Luka can take that next step as well. A lot of these guys last year were on the borderline of taking that cusp and taking on that next step, and now they're upperclassmen, they're juniors, seniors, now they're the leaders of the team. I think that they're going to be making a lot of the shots that they need to be making, a lot of plays they need to be making, and they're going to be playing smart. You know, in Jim Christian's uh, system now, you know, you dealt with him for two years, and now you kind of get it. You really got to be developing pretty well at this point. I mean, he's still growing into his body as well, and this guy is six foot ten now. I mean, he has the length as well that can really... It reminds me of like a Christos Porzingis kind mm-hmm. of player in the Definitely. NBA. Definitely down to scale here in college basketball. But he's a guy who's long, lanky, can stretch and get those blocks. What I need to see is more scoring from him. I don't think he put up more than six points in the game last year. To be fair, he only had one start against Pittsburgh. And he only played for 11 minutes in that one. But I, I do agree with you. He's going to have some really good potential to come off the bench this year. Assuming he stays for his senior year, because I don't see him declaring for the draft yet, I think he could be our starter at center. He would be a thin center, assuming he's not putting on a ton of weight, but he could also be an awesome four, who's a stretch five. I don't know. Again, that's looking towards next year. But for this year, I do expect him to have a presence off the bench. Even with him at center, you're still going to have most likely Stephon Mitchell the year after, and he can help beef up that uh, lower uh, defense in the paint. So either way, I think... 
those three guys are the key big men to look out for this year, and especially in terms of them taking the further step to get to the next point. But in terms of upperclassmen, there is one guy that we definitely need to bring up, the USC transfer, Derek Thornton. He's a graduate student, a guard. Obviously, it looked like he was going to be playing alongside Winston before Taz was ruled out for the year. That would have been nice, but I still think this guy is going to have some fire in him. I think that he can put up similar numbers to, who was it last year? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, who's the guy next to Kai? The graduate guy. Um, oh, man. Oh, no. Chapman. Chap Jordan Chapman. Jordan Chapman. Exactly. So, very, <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, almost like how Winston was supposed to be the Kai Jerome replacement. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a similar replacement okay. there for your, well, the, first, for Chap. Yeah. First of all, you had me stuck there because I was just thinking tabs immediately. No, and I was yeah. like, tabs <laughs> is still there. He's just hurt. But, yeah, something that strikes me with Derek Thornton. People forget, he transferred from USC. That's right. Initially, though, he went to Duke. And he mm. committed there as a top 15 prospect, ranked number 11 by Scout.com, number 14 by Rivals, number 13 just by the Recruiting Services Index or whatever. Uh, I don't really know what that is. But regardless, people held this guy in a very high stature. We expected a lot from him. And he just didn't really fit into the Blue Devils team. So he transfers to USC. And last year, only putting up eight points per game, four assists per game, yet leading USC with 140 assists, fifth among the entire Pac-12. This dude can pass the ball, put up numbers like that, and I think with even more play time, because the offense is going to probably revolve around him now that Taz is out. I'm expecting him to put up not Kai scoring numbers, but he's going to have to fill that role. I don't think he's filling Chapman's role necessarily anymore. He's filling Kai Bowman's role from last year's team. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, but I also don't think he's going to have nearly the offensive scoring position that we need for this team to be excelling. And I think that is going to come... Uh, obviously, our big men are huge, but I think it's going to be a combination of Chris Heron Jr. as well as... Who am I thinking of? Jarius Hamilton. It's got to be Hamilton. Exactly. He's our number one this year. And let's not forget Jared Hamilton, his brother, who put up some pretty significant numbers with I, his brother, is back as a senior. Dude, I love Jared Hamilton. Another transfer. He comes in to join his brother, and he is just... Uh, in my opinion, the best defender on this team. Jarius Hamilton has the potential to be better because of his size, obviously. But from what I saw last year, no one could lock down an opponent better than Jared Hamilton. You would match him up with usually the best scoring guard on the opposing team, and he would kind of shadow them and take them out of the game for most of it. Now, to be fair, it didn't result in many wins, but that is not on him because he put really his heart on the court and left it all on the line just covering these guys. That's what I like to see whenever he comes in off the bench. So if I'm Jim Christian looking mm -hmm. at this lineup, I think the way that I am going to predict it set up most of the time is going to be, obviously Tabs is out now, so I think that we're going to have Jared Hamilton mm. and Thornton. Those are our guards for sure. As our guards, as senior guards. That's nice to have a senior duo like that. Yes. I really like that. And then I'm going to say Mitchell, mm -hmm. Popovich, and Luca. So you're not rounding starting, it out. I'm not, not starting. starting I'm not starting. Actually, no. It's Jerry's over Luca. It's Jerry. It's Jerry's over Luca for sure. And no, you're right because I actually want both the Hamilton players, Hamilton brothers, having that chemistry like they did last year and playing at the same time. Mm -hmm. That next group off the bench for sure is going to be Chris Heron Jr. and Luca. And Luca. 
and because those are the next two key guys that need to be getting playing time this year. But you have your senior leadership. You have guys on that team that can now develop like Jairus. And uh, I think it's going to work out, I don't know, hopefully fairly well as long as there are no injuries. I think it's a more veteran team and a team that's been here before playing in the system, playing in Conti form. So I really think that they can work to something better. I think that Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson almost stunted this team a little bit. Hmm. Uh, the past couple years because, yes, they were high-power offensive players, but all the offense was going through them. I speak of this as a Knicks fan where high scoring was all Melo could do, (laughs) but in one individual player, you know, sure, Kai Bowman can have those 40-point games, high 30-point games. It's not going to be enough to win unless he's dropping near to 50, 60. Mm. That's not going to work, you know? So I think that a more veteran team, a well-rounded team scoring-wise is going to do much better. So here's what I'll say. We're going to desperately miss Kai Bowman this year. But the roster that we just went through, the lineup that I think we'll see tomorrow, reminds me a lot of the teams that were beating us that were just slightly better than us mm-hmm. in the ACC. Yeah. They did not have that premier score. What they had was a team working with chemistry, passing the ball around, and splitting the scoring equally, and just barely edging us out. Because you're right, it is easy to focus on that one scorer. He can only carry so much of the load. And this year, we definitely have more options. But we're going to miss Kai very badly, but I think even more so is we're going to miss Winston Tabbs, who mm-hmm. was developing to be the centerpiece of this team for the next two, three years. And now we lose an entire, hopefully not a year of eligibility. I'm not sure how that goes down necessarily, but we lose a year of Winston Tabbs' career here. So d- despite that, what we see right now with the players who are active, I do think we'll have... We'll be in the bottom half of the ACC, but I think we will have a slightly better year than we did last year. I think we might get towards that higher middle part of the bottom half, yeah. potentially even the bottom half <laughs> of the upper half. We're splitting this into quarters. A lot of halves here. <laughs> but I really do think that we can be something fairly special this year. Hmm. And, you know, we, t- we mentioned Chris Heron Jr., obviously friend of the show. Uh, you know, we're, we've spoken with him multiple times, and... I think the point of emphasis with him, just because we haven't talked about him much, is yes, he had his flashes of greatness last year. He made some shots that were huge. I don't want volume out of Chris Heron. I want him to be that guy off the bench that when you need a shot, he's going to make it. Mm -hmm. So I really hope Chris can develop into that knockdown three-point shooter, the big-time play guy that either is making the pass that leads to Jairus Hamilton getting a huge look or is knocking down the three. Because otherwise, I don't think we need to be focusing offensive attention through a guy like Chris. Well, you know, he's got a pretty solid frame for a guard at six foot three. He's got bounce as well. I mean, he's been shown on the story him catching lobs from just friends, not even basketball players, and throwing those down. So he's definitely excited for the new year. I agree with you, though. Chris, for this year, is someone I want off the bench. I, I'm going to drop the comparison to Lou Will because I, I don't think Chris Heron's going to lead us in scoring for many games. But as we even saw last year with him, and as we've seen with Lou Williams on the Clippers, you can come into the game and just catch fire, hit multiple threes, and, you know, in the blink of an eye, Chris Heron has 15 points in the game. So I do think we're going to see a spark whenever he comes in, but I agree with you that keep the minutes light only when you need that scoring. And honestly as well, though, just giving rest to Jared Hamilton and Derek Thornton because Chris can pass the ball as well. I mean, remember, I see him almost as a shooting guard based on the fact that he shoots lights out when he wants to. But he can pass the ball like a point guard as well. 
that's why, I mean, on this roster we're looking at, they don't define that as point guard, shooting guard. It's just guard. And that's what we're going to see from Chris is filling in for those two guys yeah. when they need a rest and, and giving us some scoring off the bench. And I think looking forward to the future, which I've said we're going to be doing, I think that it's important for Chris to establish his role as that sixth, seventh man mm-hmm. this year. Because coming in next year when these senior guards are gone and it's him and Tabs essentially, he needs to be the lockdown, you know, knockdown shooter. And the only way he's going to do that is if he's making the important shots when he's put into the game. And then that can establish him next year when he's consistently in the game as being the guy who can shoot the lights out of the gym. Mm. Um, Also, in terms of next year and Jarius Hamilton, I really think that what we want out of him this year is for him to look better than last year. Having more scoring opportunity, more flashy plays, more highlight plays. That's the type of stuff that needs to hype up Jairus Hamilton. But we do not want him playing too well where he's outplaying the team and the mm. team is, is not winning games, but he is standing out as a selfish BC fan mm. because then there's the chance that he would transfer after his brother leaves this year as well. Really? So I, hmm, I know there is a, definitely a high chance, especially with his rating and coming into school. If he can spark up talk about him again it's risky that he leaves. That's interesting. So Uh, I think that we need a substantially better year from him all around, but one that's not too much better because this isn't the team that can bring us to a next level yet. I think next year when he has Tavs, when he has a more established Chris Heron, when he has Stefan Mitchell as a senior and Krasovic getting some more playing time, that's a team you can really get behind and hope they can get somewhere big. I think you just made the case to why Jerry's Hamilton is not going to transfer next year, regardless of how he does. Because he's going to want to play a season where him, Chris Heron, and Winston Tabs are all starters together. That was the class of 2018, the class of 2022, the guys that came in here together. And only one of them is a starter now, assuming we know what the starting lineup is and Jerry's is going to be in there tomorrow. And sure, that's subject to change, but we're not going to see Winston Tabs this year. And I just don't see Jerry's transferring without getting a year of him and Winston as starters together. Sure, they started games last year, but Jarius is not the player that he was last year. And we haven't even seen him yet. I know for sure he's developed over this summer. Um, I just can't imagine that he would transfer out. I get that Jared Hamilton came in here to play with his brother, and that should be definitely something important between the two of them. But I would expect Jarius to prove that he can do it on his own as well. And especially if he wants to make it to the NBA, because we do have a, like you said, top 100 talent here. A guy who would be considered for the NBA at one point. I don't think he's there yet, but he's got to prove he can do it on his own, regardless of who's on his team with him, if he wants to take that next step. So my guess is he stays with us. And I think he likes to be an Eagle. And if we put up a great year, especially where he shows that he can thrive in this system, I don't see him transferring. Yeah, definitely. And then let's not even forget just as these guys came in as freshmen last year, we have some more freshmen on this yeah, we team, and we haven't even get to see them play yet. Um, Going to go down the list here. We have C.J. Felder, who's a forward. I mean, weighing in 230, considering that He's a big Popovich guy is 253, only 23 pounds heavier. Like, Popovich is a big guy, and this guy's only a freshman. So that's nice to see. And then you have Julian Rashwain, who's a guard. 6'5", 190 for a guard is pretty solid. I like that a lot. Um, looking down further, Jay Heath, 6'3", 175. That's going to give you more of like a Chris Heron look, yeah. if anything. Uh, then you have Kamari Williams, forward, weighing in 200. That sounds like a guy that who, after a year, can put on some bulk, put on some mass, and really be something better for this team. 
And then you have Andrew Kenny, who is another forward, 205. Again, a guy that needs to put on a little bit of weight heading into next year. But obviously, all guys that we don't really know about yet, and they can just as well be the spark that like Winston was last year and really change up this team. Yeah, we don't know a lot about them, but all five of them, I think, have this low-key promise to them, each for different reasons. I think C.J. Felder is a big body for yeah. a freshman at six foot seven, two thirty, coming in here. That's big. I like him and who was the guard again? The guard Julian Richwing? Yeah. I, I think li- I like those numbers a lot. Julian put up twenty points per game as a senior at his high school. So he was an awesome scorer. Mm. That reminds me a lot of Chris coming off the yeah. bench. We could have two shooters. I mean that would be awesome. But in terms of Felder, he's coming off of a injury in the second half of his senior season. But hopefully he's healed up by then and we can see him on the floor as a bench player because something that was missing last year, and sure, we've talked about Luka coming off the bench to replace Nick Popovich. There wasn't another big with him. We had Reyes, who I just didn't think was the best fill-in for Nick. And if CJ Felder can play with Luka, maybe Felder at the four, Luka as a stretch five, if that's your rotation off the bench in terms of big men, I really like that. And I haven't even seen CJ Felder play yet. I've just... Based on what I've heard about him and seeing his high school stats, this is a guy who I think could be a key contributor for us. And then, I mean, Rich Wayne would be an awesome scorer off the bench. Something cool I just read about Andrew Kenny, the uh, freshman forward who's six foot six. He lettered in track and field as a high jump and hurdles guy. Ooh. This guy's gonna have hops, I'm thinking. Yeah. So we could see something there. And Kamari Williams is another six foot seven forward who's coming in as a freshman. So I'm just saying we've got big bodies coming in, guys who are looking like seniors and they've got four years of eligibility so i'm excited to see how these freshmen look when they do and i think jim christian knows how to put his freshmen into the game and feel out who's playing well who isn't just like he did last year with tabs hamilton and Harris. definitely i think that's about it in terms of looking at the roster but let's take a look at the scheduling Uh, now one more name i want to mention makai ashton langford who is not Mm. eligible this year He's a transfer from Providence who seems to still be growing. This is mm. something I just noticed. Is on his recruiting page from two years ago, listed at six foot one. You know, committed to Providence and didn't get the playing time that he wanted there. I remember hearing that we were getting him. He too. was the forty-first ranked player in his class. So another guy who was top fifty now transferring in here because he wasn't utilized to the best of his abilities at his previous school. He is now six foot three. So it means he's grown two more inches. Six three is a, a great tall height for guards, which is something that pretty much every guard on this team that's going to get minutes now shares. And while he doesn't show great numbers, that's because he didn't get a lot of minutes. He really put up seven to 10 points in each appearance he had, even though he was playing minutes off the bench for Providence. So when this guy is joining our team next year, playing with Winston, Heron, uh, Stefan Mitchell, who we really didn't touch on, but a great player as well, and Jarius Hamilton, that's a really exciting core for 2021 crazy to say the year 2021 let's leave that there but yeah i I really am excited about this roster yeah for sure i i think it's going to be a different bc basketball than we're used to from last year no doubt years uh just alone the fact that it's all around team scoring as opposed to the not that it wasn't fun watching kyron jerome but now it's going to be more thoroughbred basketball as opposed to the hot high scoring offense of individual players so, looking ahead, we now have the schedule. Wake Forest tomorrow, obviously first game of the year. It's at Conti Forum. I really think that's a big win coming out right out the gate. I think BC and the Eagles want to make a statement. It should be a win. 
But again, there was a lot of games last year that should have been wins that were looked like somewhat rollover games to get the ball going, yeah. and they were lost. But I'm hoping that this new-look team can really change things around this time. Well, first so of all... I think Wake Forest is a dub. I hope so, too. But first of all, if you're listening to this and the game has not happened yet, the first 750 students that enter Conti Forum tomorrow get a free winter beanie, which I low-key could use. Big. So <laughs> get to the game early. I'm going to try to pick that up. It'll be on ESPNU, which is pretty cool for us, getting our season opener on national television. I mean, not the main channels, but ESPNU is still nationally televised if you've got the sports package. And a lot of ACC Network will see. Interesting that we'll be on NBC Sports Network for the Richmond game on the road. I don't think Richmond has a good game. But in terms of looking through nationally televised games, that's about it. We'll see some ESPN2 games, hopefully. But as of right now, the ones to look for is our season opener and Northwestern, which is the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And then for some reason, November 30th at Richmond. So I think that this Wake Forest game, this ACC matchup is big. Because yeah, we, it's our only ACC for a yeah, minute. Yeah, I mean, that's usually how basketball starts out uh, their seasons. But well, well, usually they start with no ACC games. Oh, that, no is, that is true, yeah. So this so, is really big. Yeah, exactly. So I think winning this one, getting an ACC dub, and then going into the easy portion of the schedule, which it should be. Last year we had some trouble with some <laughs> was it, IUPUI. I don't think that's going to be the case this year, though. Hopefully not. I honestly think that we're going into the Northwestern game undefeated. And Let's hope so. Un- un- when you th- well, when you throw around undefeated, it has some connotations of, you know, in basketball being kind of a big deal because looking at it, let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We'd be 8-0. Yeah. and We would have won this Gotham Classic as well. Exactly. And 8-0 is fairly impressive, but I don't see a single team on here that I don't think this BC team can beat. So I think that they're going to win these out if they play everything right, if they play smart, if everything is flowing well. I think no one on this team is genuinely like a, f- a true freshman starting out. I think that there's a lot more senior mentorship and guidance on this team. I think these are games that, like you said before, we look like the teams we lost to last year in close games, and I yeah. think we're going to win them out. So I really think we're going to win these. Northwestern, too. Northwestern has declined recently in years. They're not that same team that made that tournament run however many years ago. Mm-hmm. Was it three, four years ago? It feels like a minute, bro. It's yeah. the name. It's a bigger name, and I think that BC is getting up there in the conversation in basketball. So I think that they're going to knock out Northwestern, too. Mm-hmm. And then we get into some of the, you know, Notre Dame is another ACC game. That's a way. Always iffy in a BC-Notre Dame matchup, but I don't think Notre Dame has the basketball prowess that yeah, they did. But we said that last year, and they just they just seem to have our number in basketball. They yeah. beat us here in a close game, a heartbreaker. I think that one may have gone to overtime. I can't remember for sure. Um, I mean, being on the road in that one, that's already a disadvantage for us, but hopefully we can return the favor you know, that they had for us last year um, and beat them in their own home stadium. So... That would be great, but that is an iffy one for me. That's our second ACC game, I think first that's, one since the season over. I think that is probably, that and Northwestern are the two iffy games before ACC play. You think Cal, which is December 21st, is that a win? I don't think it's necessarily a win. I think it's a good game. I, that's up in the air, but I'm leaning towards Notre Dame and Northwestern 
being a bit more of an actual struggle as opposed to Cal, which I think is just a straight-up good game. Cal will be at a quote-unquote neutral site, which is actually going down in San Francisco, mm. which, to be fair, is not where UC Berkeley is, but that's pretty close compared to Boston College. So that's going to be tough because I'm sure there will be some California fans in attendance. Um, that's one that I don't feel great about, even though I'm not sure Cal has really had a great basketball yeah, team in years no, past. They, they really haven't, but I still I agree with you, you know, BC is always one to uh, leave you disappointed, (laughs) as football and all the other sports will uh, prove and remind you of. But I think that that one is one that, again, is a toss-up. So even so, I'm liking the way that we start off this season going into ACC play. And I'm hoping, in an ideal world, that we can win a lot lot of these games, especially the ones that should be wins. But if we can steal a Northwestern, a Notre Dame, a Cal, one of those, that's big. Yeah. And then you head into ACC at Duke. Yeah, I was about to say that's just a real wake-up call because you're coming off of a relatively easy out-of-conference schedule like we've been saying. And a real ACC opener on the road in Cameron Indoor uh, against a team that, I mean, it's Duke. They're playing tonight. They're playing well. Uh they're a top five, top three team already expected to make a run in March Madison. To be fair, I don't even know their roster that well just yet. Well, but. that's what I'm going to say, is that coming into that game, if you only have one or two losses, that's a potential upset, I think. Because Duke really only has Trey Jones returning. And he is, like, essentially the the veteran leadership of that team being yeah. the only one from that group last year, the Zion, R.J. Barrett group, that didn't go on and be a pro. Trey Jones wasn't really putting up fantastic numbers, Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily know if he's enough to bring that team to the next level. Sure, we may see him have a Kai Bowman performance that game, but how many Kai Bowman performances did we have where the other team was just a more well-balanced, well-rounded team, and and we were able to beat them because of, or excuse me, we we lost because we didn't have more senior uh, leadership and guidance, which we now have. So I think that Duke game with only one or two losses, is a potential upset away. It's wild. It, it Then again, like I'm saying all this, it's still Duke. In my head, I think Duke <sighs> does pull that out. But watch that game coming into the season because I think we can actually take that. Um, they do have other players returning that's just worrying me a little bit. The one that really stands out is uh, Delorier. I don't even know how to say his first name. And Jack White as well. They're just two guys that didn't play a huge role in the Duke teams of years past, but they're guys that have been there before and know how the ACC basketball conference works. Guys that have had that experience and guys who I think will be great leaders, even though they're still probably coming off the bench, they also could have taken a major step up because these are still four-star recruits that have just been overshadowed by the Zions and the R.J. Barretts. Also, though, Vernon Carey Jr., the sixth-ranked prospect from 24-7 Sports, he'll be there, the six foot ten power forward, who's 275 pounds. So we'll talk about Nick Popovich being a big body, Vernon Gary, the freshman, is going to be even bigger. They also have Matt Hurt, who was the 12th-ranked prospect. He's a six foot nine sh- uh, small forward who I think can shoot the rock. I don't know him well enough, but two guys ranked in the top 12. We can't boast that yet. So hopefully we just have the better chemistry and are working better into that game. But I would mark that down as a loss. I mean, yeah, I, I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to hope. And but, I, I yeah. still think I'm leaning towards a loss as well. I'm just saying, like, with some momentum coming oh. in, I think that could be a potential upset to start out if the ACC. If we're a two-loss team, it's not out of the question. Yeah. Because that team will be playing very well and grooving, but it's going to be a little different assuming we're 
you know, eight and four or seven and five and just don't really seem to have it yet. That's not a team that's going to let us make any mistakes. Virginia, obviously always fairly good, but looking at the roster, it's fairly young. There's a lot of sophomores and I don't know if they can keep up full pace in a team against a lot of veteran leadership like we've been talking about. I'm going to say that Virginia wins it though, but I don't know. Again, two games that are kind of... Last year, where I would have said that they were guaranteed wins for the opposing team, hmm. I'm leaning more towards BC actually able That's to fair. put up a fight. Yeah, but this is Coach K and Tony Bennett, and both those guys do such a great job. Exactly. I mean, the thing with Virginia, it's the exact opposite of Duke. They bring in these low-key prospects who mm-hmm. I can't name a freshman they brought in. Uh, I'm sure I can look them up, but the thing is, they're going to develop, and they're going to become a national championship squad. That's just what I expect from Virginia, excuse me, year in and year out. So, as of right now, that's just another one I'd expect to be a loss. However, excited to watch that as well, because that's at home, and that's a game that we could have a chance at. I mean, any with college basketball, any game is a potential upset, and we've seen that on both sides of the spectrum, just rooting for BC last year. So... I wouldn't be surprised to see us still be in it there. It's interesting to see that Virginia does not have a single five-star recruit on their team. But again, they just put those players into Tony Bennett's system and he spits out players who win him championships. So, we'll Definitely. see. Uh, Georgia Tech, never anything too crazy. Nah. That should. I like our BC team fairly well this year and I think that we're going to beat them. Syracuse away, always difficult. I don't know uh, about that. You know, yeah. Beheim yeah. is always uh, a great coach, and yeah. I'm leaning towards him winning that and, I think so and his too. squad. Yeah, and there were a lot of guys over the years that are definitely still on that Syracuse squad that are still going to be fairly well, uh, fairly good. Mm-hmm. So I think Syracuse takes that, and that's a way at the Carrier Dome. Syracuse goes crazy for basketball. The Orange always come in droves. I think that's an easy win. I agree with you. I mean, another team who has looked awesome, especially against us in years past, they almost pulled off that upset against Duke last year. Did they pull off a win against Duke? I mean, I remember the game where they kept it very close, but it's a team that can really compete. Oh, they brought in Joseph Girard as well, the guy that we thought we had a chance at, um, the guy from New York. Not a crazy name, but someone who could you know, be a Mac McClung kind of (laughs) guy. I don't really know, but... Yeah, I, I don't think we're beating Cuse on the road. I mean, if they come into Conti, I think we definitely have a shot. But if we're going to Cuse, if we're going to the Carrier Dome, I'm not loving that. Yeah. Wake Forest, again, we already talked about them. We'll see how that first game goes. And, you know, maybe away might be a little harder, but I still think that we can take Wake Forest and pit the game after that. Mm. Virginia Tech, that was a team last year that, like, should have been a win earlier on in the year, and then Virginia Tech wound up being somewhat fairly good. Mm. Uh, I think Virginia Tech is a toss-up, but mm-hmm. leaning more towards Virginia Tech taking. Okay. Um, I mean, again, another game in Conti that I think we could pull off, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, not sure how good they are, how legitimate they are this year, but like you said, they shocked us last year, and it could happen again, but I don't know. Then after that, it's Louisville. Again, another game that it's like, I think Louisville's going to win, but it's in Conti Forum. I don't know. I, honestly, Louisville's fairly good. They're, they are. They're, they're ranked, are. I believe, in the AP poll. Oh, wow. They might be like six. Wow. Yeah, really? hang on. I just, excuse me, just saw it today. Um, I mean, they, they're playing today. Yeah, they, uh, it's the reason why they're one of the teams kicking off the uh, national games. But Yeah, so I believe that they're... 
They were pretty high up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, five. Whoa. So Louisville fairly good this year. That's probably going to be a loss. They're ranked over UNC. Yeah. Also one rank only under Duke. Yeah. Crazy. No, Louisville's pretty legit, and it was a pretty quick bounce back after the Patino firing and everything. So I'm excited to see that Louisville game here. And actually, we're calling it, so we're oh, definitely going yay. to see it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, they're up 20 on the Hurricanes right now with two exactly. minutes to go, so that is a big win. Then we have UNC away. I think UNC takes that easily. I'm a big Cole Anthony guy. I've been watching him for years. And I'm a big UNC guy in general. Yeah, so. I think Cole Anthony is legit, and he is going to bring this UNC team to at, le- <laughs> at the least the tournament. But I think he's going deep on a run this year because, this again, this is probably his only year playing in Chapel Hill. He's definitely going to be drafted next year. So I think that UNC squad has some returning vets too. I think they're going to be very good. That's a loss right there. Probably. <laughs> I got nothing more to say on that one. Then it's Duke again. Already talked about them. But it is home, so I think that the home-Duke matchup is the bigger potential for a BC win as opposed to a way. It's only been two years since we pulled that off, upset off. Um, in Conti against Duke, right? That was the mm-hmm. Jerome Robinson game. It could happen again. I mean, we weren't here for it last year. Maybe this year, uh, or sorry, two years ago, excuse me, we, uh, we're still in high school, but two years later, we could have a chance at doing it all over again. But we'll see. I'll, I will be at that game for sure, no doubt. Virginia Tech again, we already touched on. Miami, I mean, Miami always comes to play. And last year, I believe we... What happened when we played Miami last year? I feel like we lost. I... I do think we lost as well. I think we uh, lost last year. I can fact check that one, but they are another team who just seems to pull it off. Um, but it's cool. It's on my birthday. Birthday hey. magic. I think that we're going to take Miami. Sure. And as of right now, playing Louisville, they do not look that good at all. So I think if they're a second half of the ACC team, then maybe BC can stand a chance against them. We actually pulled off a win against them in February of last year, 64-57 uh, to also at home. Okay, so I, I thought we lost that game, but that all right. It, it was a big game for Chapman, so we'll need someone to step into that role. But it was a game where Tabs had already been hurt, so it really everybody else was returning except for Chapman and Bowman here. So let's see guys like Chris Heron step in and make you know score six points. We'll see Nick Popovich put up fifteen points, fourteen rebounds. I mean that's what you need. So then after that we have NC State. NC State is kind of interesting because we know Pat Andre from that team who transferred in from. Lehigh, and he went to our high school. Very good player, very good shooter, lights yeah. out. He's going to most likely be starting on that squad now. Pat Andre's a guy that can get hot, and if NC State goes on a roll, especially against us, I can see Pat going off for it because BC was another team that he had considered uh, when he was looking to transfer. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him to have a good game. Obviously, oh, rooting definitely. for us to win, but I would love to see Pat do well. He's an awesome guy, and... Really fun to watch at CBA. Hopefully he has a great grad year here. Uh, then we have Virginia again. We touched on Clemson. I honestly don't know too much about Clemson's basketball team this year. I haven't really heard anything well, special about him. That's the game that you'll be calling and I'll be engineering. Uh, NC State, I'll be calling that. That's really cool. I'll be able to talk about Pat on that. And that's then cool. officially we both are on the Louisville game, which is a really cool game to get as sophomores. Mm. You know, They are a top five team right now, even higher than Duke. But... Anyway, I don't know too much about Clemson as well. I just think they've become more legitimate as their program as a whole has grown, especially with football. So it's going to be a game that we shouldn't sleep on. It seems like a team that, you know, you think of them as a football school. There's no real reason to worry, but it's an ACC program. It's a team who's 
become a real spot for students to go to in general. I, I well, especially I after the hype that it got when Zion was potentially going to be yeah. going there. I always wanted so, to go there. Me Didn't too. To I thought that would have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the rest of the schedule for the year, though, Notre Dame, Syracuse, Florida State. We haven't talked about Florida State yet. Florida State always has a fairly decent basketball team, I feel like, so that's a way that could potentially be a loss, depending on how our season's going to end out the season. Right. If you don't have those last couple of games rolling, it may as well be. Um, but that's about it. And then we really don't know how this team is going to be. I, I love that at the top of this page that we're looking at right now, the countdown is 21 yes, hours. I noticed that as well. Under 24 hours until BC basketball starts as we record this. And hopefully you're maybe listening to this before you go to the game yeah. or after maybe a win. Maybe a win tomorrow. Do you want to predict so, a final score for tomorrow's game? See how, see who gets closer? Oh, okay, let's see. I'm going to say BC... BC 68 okay. to 54. Okay. Um, I don't think Wake Forest has the scoring potential to put up that much more. I'm going to go a little less. I'm going to say we we um, we pull out a 62 to 59 win. Okay. Okay. I just think that we can break away and... Kind of have a little more breathing room, but you're right. BC isn't really known for that. We play, we play tight basketball games, but I just, like I've been saying, this seems like a team that will be able to close out games and has more options than just Kai Bowman. And mm. guys who are a little bit more reliable, guys who've played an extra year now, have a year of experience under their belts, and know how to play college hoops and hopefully can close out games. That's really... If we can make that one adjustment, and usually it doesn't come from a specific player, it comes from the team working together better. It's all about winning those close games instead of losing them. It's about making that extra free throw or not fouling that extra play, you know. So hopefully we can close that out, and I think this could be that year where we take a step up in legitimacy. So now looking at the rest of college basketball, there's a couple key teams that I just want to point out here. We have Florida at six. Uh, obviously, we know Scotty Lewis on that Florida squad. Yeah, he's a very talented player. I think that that Florida team is has the potential to go very far. I was looking at a couple analyst picks, and they're saying Florida is their sleeper of the year. Whoa. That they're going to be going far into the tournament. So I like Florida a lot too because of Scotty. I think he can give them that extra spark and momentum in a game. Mm. Florida is going to be cool to watch. Maryland had some strong showings last year. They're at seven right now. Maryland basketball is, was pretty legit. I think they're even better this year. But even more so, topping off the AP poll is Michigan State and Cassius Winston. I think that team is really good. I think they have the senior leadership from Winston, too, where they can really put something big and beautiful together, and they're going to be going <laughs> far. Currently, right now, I believe he is in the lead for the uh, – what's the award called? The John Wooden. John Wooden Award. Is that right? Yeah. I believe it is, yeah. So I like Michigan State a lot, too. And our good friend Colin Quinn, who is technically the senior quotes uh, uh, March Madness oh, right. expert. We gave him that title. I forgot. that That is years back. Yeah. Shout out to you, Colin. Shout out Colin Quinn. He wow. actually does know his stuff, though. He does. He does. And I'm sure we'll try and I mean, Michigan State, right? ask I, his opinion. Yeah, he's, he's a big Michigan about. State he's guy. The, yeah, huge man. UNC, we mentioned with Cole Anthony, I like him a lot. Nova, I don't think Brian Antoine is playing this year, but he was high school teammates with Scotty Lewis, and he's on that squad. But they had some pretty big recruits go there. But they did lose, I believe, Javon Quiverly. Yeah, he transferred. Javon Quiverly. Javon he transferred to Lee, Minnesota, I believe. I believe. Yes, he did. Um, no, Alabama. 
Who, there was someone else that went to Jelly Fan. Another Jelly Fan. Another Jelly Fan like is there. Years ago. Okay. But Javon Quinn yeah, yeah, yeah. went to Alabama to play with um, Avery Johnson, I believe. And then 12, we have Seton Hall. Got to be Hall in. <laughs> and shout out to Hall. Seton Hall. Sorry. Seton Hall's ranked 11th? Yes. But oh. my biggest team that is a crime that they are 14 uh, is Memphis. 14, yeah. That's my Memphis as well. is going to be legit. Oh, they're going to be... Memphis is going to be phenomenal. The fact that they are not top 10 right now is absurd. They're not top 5. The they fact they're not top 5, I James agree. Wiseman's there, I believe? Yeah. I I like Memphis a lot. I remember D. Rose playing yeah. there. I just kind of have some affinity towards them because that's when I started watching college basketball mm. when they were legit. I really like Memphis. I think they're going to be going very far in the tournament this year. And it's going to be the, the most likely the most talked about thing in college basketball is this Memphis squad. If they're doing good and they start out this year on an absolute tear going undefeated, they're in a bad conference too, I think that they're going to be all over ESPN, all over the news. If they do bad, it's also going to be all over hmm. the news because these are all the most of the top prospects from this year are there right Yeah. Now. I mean – the number one, the guy who I just named, James Wiseman, who yes, James is now Wiseman being touted awesome. as the number one pick for yeah. 2020. Yeah. Um, seven foot, only 210. So the dude definitely has to put on some muscle, some mass. But as of right now, reminding me of DeAndre Ayton, maybe from two years ago, yeah. a guy with this NBA frame who's only a freshman. Hopefully he has a better year than Ayton did at Arizona, but I think he also has a better supporting cast. But also on this team is Precious Achua, yeah, who is exactly. very good in his own right. I mean, yeah. Those two alone are phenomenal. They have more, so, too. I don't want to mess any names up, so yeah, I'll look them do. up in a sec. Um, but, but I really, really like this Memphis team, and I'm going to emphasize them being my sleeper dude, they're along with well. Florida for being the go-to teams later in the year. Achua was the 15th recruit. Um, Boogie Ellis is a four-star yeah, who's ranked dude, 38. this team is awesome. They have five coming in from the top 58 prospects on uh, 24-7 sports list. And it's different because just like, you know, we saw teams where, no-name teams where we had like, I don't know, Indiana with Romeo Langford sure. or uh, John Morant playing last year. With on Murray State. With Murray State. Mm-hmm. These were no-name teams. Memphis kind of considered, after a couple of years, more of that no-name vibe now because they I, haven't been in the top 25 in so long. They totally are, in my opinion. They yeah. are, but now it's not just one guy. It's a whole squad of you good guys. You could start five freshmen if you wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. I really like this team so much. And outside of them, my, my hot take to finish this off here okay. is as soon and potentially <laughs> – tomorrow or whenever the first game is actually played yeah i think we're going to be seeing some rj hampton lamella ball highlights because lavar is not going to go this long mm-hmm. with other college athletes playing without his son getting some highlight tape out there people are saying lamello is legit potential number one pick in 2020 and this isn't lavar ball hype anymore this is legit NBA analysts coming in and saying this. Which is much more so than Lonzo really did get because so much of Lonzo was LeVar hype yeah. around him. LaMelo has kind of done his own thing, made his own way. Quietly. And playing, well, yes, quietly, but it's go- since LaVar has gone down, you That's haven't true. heard anything That's about LaMelo since he announced he was going to New Zealand. Well, I, I had seen some Spire stuff from him uh, when he was playing out there, and all of it looked very good. But the fact is... This was a smart move because now LaMelo and RJ Hampton are one and one They go together. You're going to be seeing highlights between the two of them all the time. Well, they're on different teams, correct? So they're playing uh, against each exactly. other. Exactly. Which but is playing awesome. against Even each better other. Because you avoid the Zion-RJ. Exactly. Where, sure, exactly. RJ, RJ looks awesome right now. 
But no one knew for sure how good RJ was going to be in the NBA because he had to play with Zion. He got less looks in general, but also not the best defender matched on him. So now we've seen RJ playing on his own. And not to confuse with RJ Hampton, who is also going to benefit from this, and not playing with another star on an NCAA team or playing with another star if you want to play with LaMelo. This is him doing it on his own. Same goes for LaMelo, and I'm really excited to see them both transition to the NBA. I think they're actually going to be a step ahead of a lot of the college recruits who go into uh, the NBA draft in 2020, similar to what we've seen with Luka Doncic, who just by some... (laughs) crime the fact that he wasn't picked number one i even will say in hindsight because of how good he's looked since um he just the euro league and hopefully new zealand who sure isn't the same level of competition but it's still professionals it's guys with bigger bodies these are older players with more experience that you have to play against this is better experience in my opinion than playing against 19 20 year olds who haven't played in the nba so in terms of transitioning to the pros and already playing in a smaller professional league, I really like what LaMelo and RJ Hampton chose to do. Yeah, I completely agree. Sorry it took so long there. I actually just saw like last year's standings and saw Michigan on the side and realized Michigan wasn't in the top 25 no, right now. They, it's just not the same team. Yeah, they, well, they, they lost, lost Well, exactly. They lost their coach, too, to... Oh, my gosh. I yeah. believe the Cavs he's yes, coaching yes, now. Yes, yes, Who yes. are on right now playing What's the Celtics. Uh, B-line? Bay-line. B-line. I think you might you might be fixing up Bayheim yeah, and Beeline. B-line. It is Beeline. Beeline. It is Beeline. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is Beeline. Um. But yeah. Wild that Michigan is. I always love Michigan in the tournament, so that's why I say it. But hope you got some good college basketball insights. Mm-hmm. We hope that BC gets on a roll here, gets a starting with Wake tomorrow. If you're listening now, hopefully it's post a win and yeah. not a loss. So get out there, support the Eags, and uh, let's go get some dubs out here yeah roll leagues thanks for listening guys and don't forget to check out our senior quotes podcast on apple Podcasts as well go bc keep tuning into some wzbc content here and have a great oh and definitely go check out the second half of the football season podcast done by our own jack salmon and matt marasco it's some quality stuff and it'll get your uh, football fixing if you just need (laughs) post the bc loss tomorrow (laughs) Uh, want to look towards the future. All right, guys. Go for it. Have fun. See and uh, see you soon.